You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Oh man, I have a coffee story for you, Josiah. Right out of the gate. Right. I love it. No delay. I love it, Ethan. So I'm drinking right now as we speak, as we record on this morning. I'm drinking what I can confidently call my favorite coffee ever. Period. That is a that is a bold, bold claim. Yeah. I mean it is. It is. But it's also it is. It's called uh, Off Grid, which is a great name. I, think. I was going to say, especially cool. fitting in these times. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's by Wonder State Coffee. Love the name. It's kind of a charming name. I mean, as you know personally, I usually try something new every two weeks, and so like in terms of coffee, I don't know if I'm bringing the listeners along with me when I say. That. <laughs> I try like a, a different bag of beans every two weeks. So I went for this on a whim. I think it was probably one of Trade Coffee's recommendations for me. Uh-huh. And had some pretty nice looking packaging, which I definitely judge coffees by. That's <laughs> judge that by its cover. <laughs> yeah. So I went with it. But I had no idea what I was in for. It's got so much flavor. I, I couldn't believe how well it's set up to milk. I mean, it's all mm. still there. It's that matters. so rich. You gotta be able to like... <laughs> Especially for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw the milk into the beverage. <laughs> yeah, and I've never even heard of this brand before. Thing is, I have had this coffee. There's a mystery here. Written and directed by Christopher Nolan. No, but that's the weird thing about this whole little story. That's why I had to tell you this. Like on the record, because <laughs> I did a little digging into this brand. I'm like, okay, what was Wonder State? You know, how do I not know about this? I searched like all of their dark roasts, like every single time I order new coffee. Yeah. Well, as it happens, Wonder State was not always called Wonder State. In fact, they rebranded this year and in doing so renamed every single one of their coffees conveniently. Of course. <laughs> So, as it would happen, and this is my grand Scooby-Doo moment, off-grid is none other than Organic Supernova. (laughs) Da-na-na-na! Thank you for some- You found it! (laughs) Yeah! So, I think I've talked about that here on the show before. Um, So, they were like uh, a new favorite at the time. I I had actually reordered it a couple times, which in and of itself is a little uncommon for me. But after all this time, I I found my true coffee, once again, like a schlocky (laughs) rom-com. It was meant to be. This, this is the lifetime movie of your your yeah. coffee pursuits. <laughs> yeah, like the one that got away, and years <laughs> later you reconnect, That's and the exactly spark it. is immediately rekindled. Hundred percent. It. And I feel like it was like a truly a blind test because I didn't know that's what it was. Just. And I'm like, oh, I do love this. And then as it happens, I do. <laughs> it was great. Oh, that wasn't even meant to be an I do joke. <laughs> That's wow! How perfect! <laughs> wow! I'm just gonna drink it right now. The 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 signals. It's just it's just too good. It was fun. You know what else is rich and is often lost by most people? Do tell the Apostles' Creed. That's absolutely true. <laughs> That's such a bad transition yeah, but it's not untrue yeah yeah the apostles creed so that's where we are today we're back we are steadily working our way up the vista or into the flavor profile no Ooh, no that is the apostles creed we can, i went with it you know we can workshop it yeah so that'll be for by the next <laughs> by the next article we will have the perfect way to describe that uh but yeah so Today, we're going to cover the last article. What? That specifically has to do with the person and work of God the Son. Ah. Is, yeah, see how I, it was like a little little tension builder there. You yeah, think, it was. think we're done with it, but 
we haven't even talked about, like the Holy Spirit yet or the church or attention you know. voter that lasted three, three seconds. seconds just to keep you <laughs> from leaving if you were gonna leave exactly. in those three seconds. So here it is Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. <laughs> Whoa, okay. I thought that was going to be kind of nice and pleasant. Oh, it's yeah. about it's about God the Son. But that was, I mean, I, I think I was expecting R&B, and you mm. gave me metal. <laughs> that was <laughs> quite shocking. That was to 11. <laughs> You'll judge the living and the dead. Like, that's not a small thing. That is, no. No, that is, that is going to be very heavy metal. <laughs> it is. You could say it's going to be deathcore. Ah, uh, see, that's a that's a metal subgenre joke. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> it is that. EJ, when you're listening to this, that was just for you. <laughs> yes, yes. So, in the case of the work and person of Christ, his ascension is not the end of the story. So that was the last article we covered. He ascended into heaven. Turns out, he's not going to remain in heaven forever. Right. That's not where he's going to stay. That's not his permanent residence. He will, in fact, return. He will return to the earth in unmistakable fashion, as we read in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, which says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. Mm, Wow. So, Jesus will not be sending an emissary, an ambassador, or even an angel in his stead. He will himself leave heaven. That's, that is key. He is leaving heaven, coming back to earth bodily. And then at that point, the whole gig is up. Like he he actually goes on to say in the next verse that the dead in Christ will rise at this point. Like this is the resurrection. So like Mm -hmm. history is over now. Like human history as we know it is Mm -hmm. over now. And you got to wonder what that's going to actually like sound like. Oh like, my word. You know what I mean? Like, I think I tend to think of the return of Christ primarily as a visual yeah. event. You know what I mean? I think about like, what is that going to look like? Which yeah. is, yeah, I mean, there's, it's going to be quite impressive to think there's going to be like a myriad of angels and I mean, all this stuff and Christ and his glorified body. I mean, that's going to be crazy. But thinking about the auditory, like that's what he's highlighting here is yeah. the voice of an archangel and cry of command and the sound of the trumpet of God. Like, he's just going to wonder like, what does the voice of an archangel? Every single one of those things is deeply intimidating to me. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> oh like, man. I can understand why someone would want to say, oh, let the mountains fall on us and cover us when you yeah, hear that Yeah, actually, sound, yeah. It's, you know? I tighten up at the thought of like, oh yeah. gosh, like with, anti- I mean, I don't, I say with anticipation because I feel like that's a good and godly perspective, but it's actually like, oh shoot. Yeah, like, woo like, Yeah, <laughs> like that's going to be crazy. Yes. Obviously, I can't imagine what that's going to actually sound like, but I can imagine it will be the most impossible to miss sound heard around the world. Yeah. Like, no one is going to miss it. It's not going to be something like, wow, did you hear that Jesus came back the other day? No, like, I was sleeping in. I was sleeping yeah, in. I was like, it was, you know, like, oh yeah, I didn't wake up for that. Uh, there will be no doubt when the moment finally comes. In fact, I mean, all this imagery, you really get the idea, this is the victory proclamation of a king. Mm. You know, he's got his army of angels following behind. He's coming in procession. And like Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15, the last enemy is about to be destroyed, which is yeah. death. And now like everything not only is in subjection under him, it appears that way. Like, oh, it, it yeah, yeah. like oh yeah, like we're, we are here and yeah. uh, that'll be crazy. I mean, the imagery alone, not to mention the, the, the sound that's described, it sounds like a, it's like a Greek epic or something. I mean, it has like this extreme grandiose presence. Yeah. Like, I mean, in, in scripture, we see like the slightest appearance of an angel absolutely terrifies the human. Yeah. And I mean, rightly so, I get yeah. it, but this is like to the 10th power because now it's shouting and also there's Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh man. Yeah, that is so, so true. And again, notice that Jesus 
Jesus is descending from heaven. Mm-hmm. Like he's coming to set up his throne and reign at last on earth as it has been in heaven. Yeah. Like that petition that we pray in the Lord's prayer is going to be fully and finally answered at this moment when he comes to judge the living and the dead, which is, again, it's not just that he will return. It's he will return to judge the living and the dead. So, whereas his first coming to earth was to offer forgiveness and salvation, again, Jesus said when um, he was talking about this in John 3, I've not come to usher judgment upon the world. I've come to save the world. I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but that's the just? that's the thrust, the okay, gist. Okay. That's the thrust of what he's getting at there. But this second coming is one of judgment. So, it will be the appearance which will utterly remove all sin and corruption from God's people and and from his creation. Again, we'll touch on this more when we deal with the article that deals with bodily resurrection. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, (laughs) but it's not just, I just want to remind us here, that it's not just human beings who are groaning to be set free from corruption. Creation is groaning to be set free from corruption. And so, Jesus is also going to do that at the judgment. And this is, in fact, one of the reasons Jesus has not yet returned, because as Peter says in his second letter, chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, and he's referring to the promise of his return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So, what that logically implies is that when Jesus comes back, that's all she wrote. Like, when he returns and he is seen visibly, physically, bodily, the gig is up. Like, the show is over. There's not going to be another chance after that. And it's going to be all she wrote. I I feel like it's a shade of this perhaps is is what a lot of people are expecting instead of the like the humble birth of Jesus that yeah. we got like this huge calamitous unmistakable entry to to wipe the slate clean and set things right i guess in their mind but you know it's almost like humans are really bad at negotiating the concept of time and its relationship to the divine <laughs> i can't imagine why that would be difficult <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine why that would be at all. And that is a great point to draw out because you do have this weird tension, especially like in the Old Testament scriptures, of what the appearance of the Messiah is going to be like. So, I mean, we look back and understand very clearly, like passages like Isaiah 53, which is about the suffering servant. And, you know, you get all these pictures of like um, in the Passover, the lamb who was being offered up like unto death for the sake of the people. Yeah. Like you get those images and like, it's impossible to miss that this Messiah was going to have to offer himself up vicariously for his people in order to bring salvation. But then you contrast that with like messianic Psalms, like Psalm two, which says he is going to break the nations with a rod of iron and all will submit to him. Like, and you know, you get that picture and you're like, well, he has to be this. And it's like, well, yes, but like, where does that fall in the spectrum? And people, I think just got the timing of that wrong. Whereas yes, when he returns, that's like, it's, going to be a Psalm 2 return, not an Isaiah 53 (laughs) return, you know? Right. And um, so you have that, and then you do have the judgment in the midst of all that, which we've also discussed in another episode that aired on May 4th of this year, back 20 years ago. 20 years (laughs) ago. But that episode aired on May 4th. It was titled The Two Judgments. Yeah. And just as a quick recap, when Jesus returns to judge, there's going to be the great white throne judgment, which is where people will be judged based on whether they had faith 
in Jesus or not. And that's going to determine whether they spend eternity with God or separated from God. So that's one judgment. Then there's the judgment seat of Christ, where believers will receive commensurate rewards for their works and their love. Okay. So that's like, you know, judgment where it's like, oh, like, did you do what I asked? Did you do good <laughs> deeds for your neighbor? And all that stuff? Like, I'll reward you accordingly yeah. to that. And then also, believers will play some part in judging angels in the midst of all this, too. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Like, you're so going to judge wild. angels. Yeah. Like, where does that fit in? What does that look like? Uh, we, we actually talked about that in another episode as yeah, well that I'm yeah. just now remembering. I can't remember exactly what that was, but you can search that and you can find that. So what I would highlight briefly about all of this is that the return of Christ is something that Christians are called to look forward to with joy, even though there is that weightiness that you pointed out with like, you know, the cry of command, voice of an archangel. It's still something that we're called to anticipate and look forward to with joy. Yeah, which can be a little bit ironic depending on on what verses you single out or who you talk to. Yeah. You can kind yeah. of lose a lot of, of the perspective. I think it's sad. It's a little bit sad to me. Not in like the, oh, sad, pathetic. I mean, like, <laughs> I think you're missing out yeah. on a great hope and a great encouragement to your life as a Christian when the return of Christ becomes something other than something that we are like looking forward to, like anticipating that day. And I mean, that's the way the scriptures talk about it and the way the apostles talk about it. And you think about the apostle Paul talking about those who have loved Jesus's appearing and he's talking about his second coming, like talking about how they've loved it, not like, not those who feared it, those who loved it. And he tells the Christians to encourage one one another with these words, like encourage in the sense, like bolster one another, help one another press on in hope with yeah. these words. You got Peter saying that we're not, this isn't, let me, let me paraphrase and say what he doesn't say. According to his promise, we are fearfully and trembling, <laughs> await, tremblingly <laughs> awaiting, uh, you know, the coming judgment. He says, no, yeah. according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So like just in the same way that our bodies are going to undergo death and resurrection mm. and there's going to be continuity and a certain sense of discontinuity. It's the same thing with the earth. Which is extraordinary. Yes, yes. Like, oh, how cool to think that, again, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but that when Jesus returns and the judgment is said and done, that we will live on a new earth that will be just as real as this one in many senses and yet glorified in ways we can't imagine in other senses. Like, oh, like there could be Disney World, like in that (laughs) new heaven and new earth, like the best Disney World ever, you know? (laughs) Um, and of course, I mean, the primary thing to note there is we're enjoying Christ, like our, our, our faculties for enjoying Christ are improved, but we enjoy him through those things. And it's just crazy. Like, why wouldn't you like, oh yes, like that's going to be awesome. Um, so you look forward to that with hope. And then Jesus himself says, when he's talking about the day of his return, lift up your heads for the day of your redemption is near. And he's using that in like terms of hopeful language. You know, like you're going to be vindicated, always going to be set right again. Things are going to be the way that they ought to be once more. So this truth should spur us on to cheerful, weighty, energetic work and gospel proclamation. Again, as Paul said when he wrote about these things in 1 Corinthians 15, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Mm, I love that. Yeah, like the works that you do are not, (laughs) unless they were unworthy works. (laughs) Um, But it's not like everything's going to get like burned up and we're going to live in some floaty place after the judgment, you know? Like, (laughs) right. Like it's this wall of fame or something. Yeah. (laughs) 
these works are contributing something. Yeah. The exact nature of what that something is is not known to us, but the works we're doing now contribute something to the coming judgment and the results after that. Yeah. Which is really crazy to me. And that does spur me on to like want to offer my best to the Lord exactly. and to serve my neighbor. Exactly. Yeah. And to look forward to the day, whether it's in my lifetime or whether I'm dead first and it comes later, to look forward to the day that Jesus does return to earth Absolutely. and sets up his kingdom here. I was really excited about that. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Because I do not know the creed by heart, except for up until this article, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not realize there was going to be more content specifically like on the earth and creation. But that is, I think for me personally, one of the most exciting elements yeah. of that whole like refashioning of reality, basically. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Like that is almost, that's very invigorating, which I'm sure we'll get to, you know, in other specifics, but it's like the unspeakable beauty that already exists. Yes. Surely will pale in comparison. It will. Which is, un what that is an unbelievable sentiment. Yes, and not only will it pale in comparison, like, in its reality, like you said, but our faculties and abilities to enjoy it will <laughs> yeah. pale in comparison to what they are now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that is crazy to me. And um, I'll just, I'll close on this note, because I think it's pertinent to Jesus' return to judge. I can remember, as a kid, when I didn't have, like, a, I don't think it was anybody's fault. I just don't think this is actually often talked about. And yeah. especially, I think, I think children are the ones who are actually probably most sensitive to this kind of thing, believe it or not. Oh, high key. Because, and I say this, this is anecdotal, but I think it would hold true for most people. When heaven was talked about and like Jesus returning, I did not want that to happen as a kid. No, like no, before no. I even like, you know, the joke is like, oh, I want to get married first and, you know, do all that stuff before Jesus returns. Like, no, no, not even that. I mean, like as a kid, I was like, I don't want to go to some floaty place and I don't want Jesus to come. Like, there's just nothing about that sounds appealing to me, right. right? Nothing about that sounds, I just don't want that. Like that <laughs> freaks me out and I don't want that. Right. And that's, I think, because it's not well defined mm -hmm. and talked about much in our day and age. When we talk about, you know, the judgment of Christ, I think we just, we have a lot of confused images of it. Yeah. We let a lot of unclear passages dictate how we read clearer passages. Mm -hmm. and um, Or even, frankly, even pop culture. Yeah. We get a lot more of our images from that. Yeah. yeah that's and, so true. And frankly, not even secular pop culture, but what what is popular amongst other Christians who, yeah. who have maybe not taken time on finding some of the details that, that help us understand. Yeah. So that's, that is Jesus's return to judge the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. And we will touch more on resurrection specifically and how that pertains to us in the, uh, no, there's it's like the final article of okay. the the big the creed. Yeah. So like we've well, got to wait till the end. <laughs> just just like the end, you know. <laughs> so uh thank you as always for listening. We do hope this was helpful to you and it was encouraging. If you're yes. out there, get the work done because it's not being done in vain. If you have any questions on this or want to discuss anything else, you can always shoot us an email, podcast at horizonschurch.net. You can interact with us on social media. And if you did find it helpful and you want to leave us an honest five-star review and share it with your friends, then we would not be sad about that at all. We'll not say no. We would be quite happy. That would not be in vain, we hope. You would not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, again, thank you for letting us share this time with you, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.